1: Everyone, relax. This is Top I'm Charlie Clawson. and I'm Will Anderson. And never has anyone looked less relaxed than you looked as you actually just did that intro. What just happened? Did you have a stroke
0: as you were about to do the intro? Something is happened to my ear holes. Like my right ear hole has suddenly gotten bigger than my left. It's never happened before. But about <laughs> six months ago, I put the, I cannot keep an earbud in my right ear hole, no matter what size bud, no matter what brand of bud. So you may have noticed, I've been trying to keep it together the last few episodes, I just keep tapping my ear like that, but the motherfucker just started slipping out right when we started recording. It's like... Well, they say your ears grow
1: as you get older still, right? Your ears grow, but but maybe yours are growing at disproportionate rates.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's just great. I'll just add it to the uh, list of ailments.
1: You have to get one of those, like the earphones that I have, the buds that I have that come with the little various size things that you can slip over the top. So you just need one bigger one. Like you need like a small in one ear and a medium in another
0: ear. Yeah, you're right. I do have those. But with the earbud things, right, like are you meant to, the the squishy kind of, you know, inserty bit, like are you meant to stick it in so it sucks in like a suction cap or is it meant to sit gently around the entrance to the ear hole? Oh, I kind of jam mine in. Yeah, I jam mine in, but I don't think you're meant to. (laughs) Because if you don't jam them in, they fall out.
1: Right. So you jam them in that's why like i mean the whole point of them is to stay in your ears i'm wearing this thing not as a fashion item it it looks frankly quite creepy if you accidentally touch one and you don't know what it is it freaks you out a little bit they're horrible things and i'm willing to put them in my ears because they keep my sound in my ears so i can permanently damage my hearing and not be able to hear anything properly and uh you know
0: go deaf before i'm 50 it's great you've got you've got the noise cancelling ones as well right the the sort of ones that sit over your ears right uh, yeah, but I've got my uh, Beats by Dre
1: because I watched um, the Defiant Ones Defiant on Netflix,
0: ones. and I immediately went out and bought a pair of boots. Have we talked about? I mean, no, I know we've talked about that off air. We talked about in the show what no. just what a great documentary that is. It's so good.
1: It's so much fun to watch too because it's kind of like it is one documentary, but it's kind of like five different, well, four different documentaries, like. You know, there's, mm. like, each of them has very distinct sort of... The through line is, like, these two men, but at the same time, it focuses on very different scenes, very different types of music, very t- different stages of the the music industry. So, like, one of them's kind of like, you know, a documentary about, you know, early hip-hop or, like, the rise of the yeah. dog or what happened with Tupac or whatever. And then another episode, there's,
0: like, hang on, is that dude banging Stevie Nicks? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see I didn't see this coming. I was away on the weekend and doing a lot of driving and so I downloaded or on Spotify went there's a Defiant One soundtrack, which is this, you know, it's all this all the bands, all the artists featured, it's just a compilation of them. And when you hear that it's like, Oh, well, basically between the two of them, they produced every major artist of the last forty years. I mean when you look at what Dre's produced, like he is just
1: like amazing. Like he is like his whole fucking story is just amazing. You just sit there watching it, and then like he's this guy from the streets, like you know, locked in his bedroom, like you know, producing albums and stuff, and then suddenly interviewing him in his bloody sweatshirt in his like mansion on the ocean,
0: <laughs> like. But this is this is the thing about it that, like, I don't know why I'm a grown man. Why I keep getting surprised when I find out this? But every time I watch a documentary or at some artist you know, a uh, musician or, or performer of or, or some kind or whatever who's cultivated some image, I'm always really surprised to find out that they're actually like a really normal person and it was, a, it was a considered move to say, oh, this will be my image. Like, I don't know why I'm still shocked by that, but I'm like, oh, well, no. Like, they were just like, you know, they lived in a kind yeah. of rough part of town, but they had pretty normal lives. They just decided the image that would break through for them would to be like this gangster rap image. That was the way they were going to get some cut through, and they Yeah, it was real, they, but it
1: was their shtick. They leaned into it. Yeah, it was it. shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, a professional <laughs> actor who pretends to be people <laughs> no. for a living, did not ever make the connection that they might do that. That was their hook, their angle.
0: I mean, I found out the other day that The Undertaker's not actually a dead man. Hang on, What? <laughs> He's a professional wrestler, not even an Undertaker. No. Uh, yeah, I just I think it's so funny because you you see him like Dr. Dre, like what came across from that more than anything and it's and it seems so funny to say when you think about Dre because there's there's one thing you wouldn't associate with NWA or Dr. Dre's solo career or any of the artists that he's produced is nerd. But that's what I got from the documentary is he's a massive nerd he's one of those kind of obsessive nerds who would you know hear a hook in a track and it would get in his head and he couldn't leave the studio until he'd worked that into a song and that's what you sort of got is like oh he and jimmy ivine were both just had that obsessive kind of focus where they got onto the they got into something they're in producing a track or whatever and they just had encyclopedic knowledge of music and artists and all that kind of stuff so that's nerd culture that's nerd culture pre-nerd but then the image that at least Dr. J was telling is that there's the tough gangster rapper. Well, here's what I love though, was like the idea of, uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before,
1: but my dream that if I like won a million dollars, well, $10 million or, you know, $50 million or the, the lotto, um, that one yeah. of the things that I would love to have is just like a, a modern day version of like Andy Warhol's The Factory for just people to like hang out and be creative together. I've got a whole bunch of mates who are, Creative people and my dream thing would be just to have some great space where we had like filmmaking and podcasting, radio, like a a venue to do stand up, whatever we needed, whatever the kind of community decided. And we had the kind of resources just to, it felt like those parties they had at their house. Where like, Mm. when he's telling that story, he's going, somebody just spits something like, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. And we'd be like, yeah, let's get that in the studio. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, how good would that be? Just to be hanging out, having some party, like smoking weed. And then you come up with one of the most iconic hooks of all time in the history of rap music.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like uh, podcasting, Will. You and I will be hanging out one day and one of us will say, hey, you know it would be really interesting? If, like, Kathy Bates was a time traveller, quick, man, let's go in the studio and lay that shit down.
1: <sighs>
0: I mean, yeah, okay, you make a fair point. I mean, in in our own way, we are the defiant ones, yeah, Will. We are. <laughs> we really
1: are. The more the audience have been defiant against really, you know, <laughs> following us too much and letting this podcast catch on. Um, I've told you before <laughs> about the um, time that I worked out next to Dr. Dre at the gym, right?
0: I think so. Remind me.
1: Yeah, so it was when I was living in West Hollywood and I was going to this, like, it was when I was, before my hips got completely fucked. Um, How's my day going? My therapist this morning said to me, first thing she said to me, she goes, you look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: I don't normally say this, but you should probably kill yourself.
1: (laughs) She was like, you look... And like, she's the frail older lady and she's like, you just look terrible. (laughs) It was, uh, (laughs) I was like, wow, you've really come out on the front foot. That first one's whizzed by my nose at 180. But, um, so, uh, sorry. What was I saying?
0: Um, Uh, before that you're working out with Dr. Joy.
1: So yeah, back in the day when I used to be able to go to the gym and work out and stuff. Yeah. Um, I was at the king
0: of, the king of hip hop meets the king of bad hips.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hip can't hop. And yeah. so- <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking earpiece fell out. Did you see that? And my big right ear hole. <laughs> because of
1: your massive, massive ear hole. <laughs> the defiant ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is, I mean, you can tell from like, you know, just looking at him with your eyes, but he is uh, super, super fit and he works out. In a very uh, professional and impressive
0: fashion. Well, that only happened recently. He was a bit of a he was a bit of a, a butterball for a long, long time. Like he was a pudgy kind of dude. I reckon it's and a while now, it,
1: though. We we think of it as being recently, but I reckon this was like five or six years ago, 10 years minimum. Ago. So I reckon it's even longer than that.
0: Yeah, because he did that. Um, uh, He's like, that why won't people stop M&M? thinking me
1: as a butterball? I've been super fit <laughs> for like seven, eight years.
0: I know. It's like when uh, Ice Cube played Triple X yeah. and it's like, nah, 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 nah. You're Doughboy from Boys in the Hood. I don't care. I don't care you want to be the extreme version yeah. of James Bond. Triple X guy. That's
1: what I want to see. You in, buddy. <laughs> I want you to put on weight for the role.
0: Um,
1: how was Hawaii? Yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, I I don't we've been going through some rough times in our lives so we had to go to Hawaii for work which was a really just weird thing to do in the middle of um you know off the back of a funeral and a few other things and it was anyway it was horrible and uh but you know it's a beautiful place Hawaii and like I really did get there I'm totally into the idea that like maybe I could just uh, how much money is enough money I've been thinking about that recently and if I like sold everything and like how much money would I have and how many more years mm. could I work for to just have enough money that I could buy like a house in the middle of, you know, like near the beach on some deserted beach in Hawaii. And I could just go yeah. and live there and read all the books that I've already bought that I haven't had time to read and just go surfing every day and like, you know, hang well, out in
0: Hawaii. I don't, I don't think the question is how much money. I think it's like, do I have enough money to last me for the next 10 years? Because by then your house on the beach will be underwater <laughs> and the skies will be aflame. Like, have you been getting panic attacks since that, uh, that report, that climate report was released? I, I, I have not been able to sleep properly. It is f- freaking me the fuck out. Um,
1: I, I, only that I have already been hyper-conscious of the fact that um, we're terribly fucked. Well, we're fucked. I was, I was having this conversation the other day, you know, it's the classic old George Carlin bit about the planet will be fine. The planet survived mm. worse than this. The planet will just shake us off so that we stop doing our terrible stuff and it will move on mm. and some other thing will rise up. Hopefully cool dinosaurs again, to be honest. Don't know why. Yeah, or, Planets probably regretting or, ever went away from the really cool dinosaurs and
0: put up with us for all our fucking just destruction of it. I mean, it seems to run in parallel that the quicker we destroy this planet's environment, the faster Boston Dynamics seem to be developing their machines that are perfect will be perfectly equipped to take over when biological beings are eradicated from this Earth.
1: Well, think about it for a second. If you're the planet, if you think of the planet as being something that prefers, has to have some sort of life on it for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which do you prefer as a tenant? The dinosaurs? Initially, you would have been like, Ah, we shouldn't let dinosaurs rent the place. They're big, they're clumsy, they're going to step on some shit. But compared to what human beings have done, you'd have fucking dinosaurs move back in any day of the week. And maybe, like, Mm. super robot machines are going to be the dinosaurs of their age. Maybe they'll be fine for the
0: planet. Well, I guess it comes down to what... If they... All the machine is going to care about is... Okay, well, they don't need comfort. They just need resources to keep, I'd imagine, like, expanding or at least, you know... Uh, building more machines or whatever, maybe they're just going to work on getting AI to a technology where they don't need physical form anymore. Well, I'm I'm
1: assuming that if they've outsmarted us, they have the intelligence level initially of about a fourth grader because we're the dumbest fucking iteration of our civilization that's ever fucking lived on this planet. With all the resources we have to be fucking intelligent, we've decided to just be so fucking stupid. Anyway... Wake up, sheeple. I've been talking about these killer robots for seven years and you didn't listen to me. And I was right. I was right the whole fucking time. And then you all send me links to the killer robots like, ha ha, isn't this funny? Because you talk about killer robots in your podcast and now they're actually making killer robots in real life like you joked about on your podcast. Hey guys, they're making Mm. killer robots in real life like we joked about on our fucking podcast. Panic. Everything should panic. Yeah. <laughs> of course you shouldn't sleep. The world's done in fucking 30 years and killer robots again. us. What will get us first? Killer robots or climate change? Oh, tune in and watch it live 24 hours a day. Well, you never leave your house because you're fucking tuned into your fucking AI that you've got in your helmet and you're alternating between porn and live sport, which is just people killing each other, running game style until the end of civilization. Well,
0: a producer I work with told me she's from New Zealand and she says in New Zealand, like billionaires are buying up like large masses of land and building underground bunkers, survival lairs, essentially. And I'm like, what's the fucking point? Like, who wants to survive in that world? Like, if it comes down to, okay, how are we going to like survive this apocalyptic future? It's like, I won't. I'll just, you know what? You're going to have one less population to worry about. I'll walk into the ocean. Don't worry. I'll walk into the boiling ocean. You can cook me like a lobster. I don't care. I, what fucking kind of world is it we're going to be living in? I mean, I reckon if the bunker was just set up, right? Like
1: if I had all my books yeah. and whatever in my bunker and some p- supplies to eat and and whatever, I reckon I could have like two or three pretty uh, comfortable bunky years. Like just the solitude. No, I, so. I just appreciate like literally to catch up on some reading, you know, have a think about yeah. things. But then Will,
0: you settled you settle down. You settle down with your halloumi and your fresh bread and salted butter. Right. And you reach for your first book and your glasses fall off your nose and shatter on the floor. <laughs> no, the irony. <laughs> All right, what would you do if you got, had the bunker bit it was like the Big Brother house. There was no reading or writing material, no way to express express yourself creatively, no instruments, nothing. It was just it was just a structure that you existed in, like a cell essentially. Oh no, a no. cell that you had complete freedom of movement in. No
1: way, I'm done. No, um, kill me now. What if
0: it was? What if it was the Big Brother house? <laughs>
1: I mean, kill me before. Uh, well, however fast <laughs> I said the one just before, faster than that. You know how I pause for one second just to consider
0: the question before? Take out that pause yeah. for the second one. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't. I mean, maybe I'll do the Walt Disney thing, right? I will freeze me. And if it gets better, I'm, I'm the guy who's like, this party's shit. I'm going to bed. Wake me up if it gets good. If, it, if the good drugs arrive, wake me up. Yeah, but he, oh, you, your fucking headphone fell out of your massive ear again. I know. Don't look at me. I'm a monster. <laughs> Soon you'll be able to fit your whole hand in your ear. <laughs> I'm getting very self-conscious about it. I'm going to turn my head that way so you can only look at my left ear.
1: It doesn't help. It just looks like your massive ear is weighing down your head. <laughs>
0: That's why I've grown this beard. I'm hoping to brush it up over my ear hole, yeah, exactly. my grotesque ear hole. You're
1: going to get it quick in your neck. You're going to go to the physiotherapist. It's like something's throwing your back out. Was, yeah, it's my massive ear. Just one of them's growing.
0: Speaking of uh, physiotherapists, I, uh, on the weekend, I got this um, massage. Uh, uh, this woman was recommended to, to me and Jem as a masseuse to the stars. They're a very famous <laughs> clientele in uh, Byron Bay. You may have heard of one uh, Norse god, for instance, is a client of hers. And so it was a very pricey massage. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm all, I'm one of those guys who's like, what's the difference? Like, once you pay over a certain amount, if you pay more than that, like, is it really going to be that much better? Can I ask you a and question personally
1: mas- before we go into this? Is yeah. Being a masseuse to the stars, is that a self-appointed thing? Or do you just start out as a regular masseuse, you start to massage a couple of stars and then eventually you specialize in massaging stars? Like, does she only
0: massage stars? I I had this exact conversation because I said to Jem, like, I, how, how is this person a massage? Like, how did she get to this level? Like, why is this better than just going to someone down the street? And I believe that is she, it's the equivalent of being a personal trainer to the stars or a chef to the stars. Like, she is just in an echelon where, she has certain big name clients who recommend her to other big name clients, and when she when we saw her, she'd just been flown back from a uh, a, a client in Melbourne, a, a famous pop star in Melbourne. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So, secondary
0: question. Uh,
1: yes. What was she doing slumming it with you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, we paid for it. That was my reservation. I was like. Because I'd been complaining about my back and my hips and Jem was like, well, because I will go get like a massage and I'll pay like my cheap Thai massage thing, whatever. And it never, it's not remedial enough. They don't do anything. It's just, it feels nice for about half an hour, but it's not. So Jem said, I'm sick of hearing you complaining. We're going to get you like a proper massage. Um, and I've got to say, like, it was just an hour and the whole time I'm like, oh my God, this is such a, what a gyp. What a rip-off. Like it's not doing anything because you know, like when you get a massage, like um, I like the I like a firm pressure. I want to sort of be in a bit of pain. I want it to be like a an interrogation, a, like a, a black box interrogation. Um But I wasn't getting any of that. I was like, oh yeah, she's sort of like I can feel that adjusting and a lot of kind of like tug, like I'm not going to say bad tugging on things, but like she would to adjust result. my hips. <laughs> For instance, you know, she would like do a bit of work on the hip flexor and then she'd grab your calf and she'd sort of like give it, like, like she's pulling a right, pull your leg out. And same thing with the shoulder where she'd sort of work on the pec for a bit and then she'd move your shoulder around. But the whole thing felt very like light. It felt very minor. And I was like, "Ah, oh, man, in my head I'm grumbling. Like, you know, I'm this beautiful holiday destination, you know, getting a massage uh, from a massage to the stars. And I was, in my head, I was grumbling about it. This fucking stupid fucking massage. Charge so much, not even that good. But when I got up and left, I walked back to our hotel. I was like, "Oh my god, I feel amazing!" And I have had no repeat of the injuries that I've been carrying around for about two months. Like, I can see now why she gets recommended, like, and why she charges what she does, because it actually really worked. And she also like gave me practical advice <laughs> about like things I should eat and drink. After the massage and like after exercising and stuff, which I've been doing and it's been working, so it's like, oh, I see what happens. You she pay just gave for you quality. practical advice as
1: well. She was like, you know what? You have uh, one ear that is substantially larger <laughs> than the other. What you need is a set of headphones and a medium and a small. That's what you need. <laughs> um, well, that's how you become a muses to the stars, I suppose. But that just it just shows how much better our life stars have than us. They even have better backs.
0: hundred percent. More relaxed. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I read an interview with um, uh, the Facebook graffiti artist. Is this dude. Have you know this guy's story? He's a, he was a graffiti artist who was like broke. In 2005, he was asked to come in and do a mural in the Facebook offices. And they offered him either shares in the company or, or 30 grand. And he was like, well, you know, fuck it. Why not? I'll take shares in the company. Now he's worth like half a billion dollars. And so he does this podcast where he talks about like going from being absolutely dead broke to being ridiculously wealthy. And he talks about the world that opens up for you once you're super wealthy because he said you, can, you can't actually relate to normal people when you get to a certain level of wealth. Like, for instance, you know, he'll go out with his friends. he want to take his friends out for a nice dinner or whatever, but they can't chip in because everything he's ordering is like, you know, it's a $5,000 bowl of wine or, you know, he wants to take a private jet there or whatever. So it's on his dime which he doesn't mind doing, they're his friends or whatever, but he's like, his friends can't relate to the experience of, oh, all of a sudden he wants to fly to Paris tomorrow, so he's just going to jump on a plane. So what you start doing is, he says, you start meeting other billionaires and millionaires, multi-multi-millionaires, and they start inviting you to things where there's other billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires, and that's when you start sharing your brochures for super yachts and all this kind of stuff. Like, he talks about flying into to Vegas because he's a high roller now. Like, he just he gets a completely different impression of Vegas because that town is all about extracting money from people who have too too much money. So he says, you know, he'll be picked up at the airport, you know, private, uh, you know, however many private cars he wants, taken to his penthouse suite. There'll be every uh, illegal uh, request is serviced, waiting for him in his hotel room. There'll be hookers waiting for him. There'll be whatever he wants, just ready to go. And he says he doesn't even really need to leave his suite. He can bet from his suite and just indulge in all the things he wants to do in his suite. It's just a completely different set of rules. I mean realistically you don't even have to
1: be in Vegas to do that. They could just no. set that up in a hotel room somewhere and you could just say you're in Vegas. They could blindfold you at your house, stump put you in an Uber
0: and then just you wake up and you're in Vegas. I mean the one thing that does make me feel better with this climate change is that we're all gonna die. Even Billionaires, sure. Maybe your bunker's going to protect you for a tiny bit longer, but in the end, we're all going to die.
1: Yeah, but the rich people are going to survive longer. Still, longer. They're going to, and they're going to have a hope. They're all trying to get off the planet. They're trying to find somewhere new to live, or whatever. Like whatever it is, fucking rich people. I'm, I
0: mean, I'm not. I know I'm not the first person to point this out, but don't you think it's hilarious that you know the story of Superman is predicated on the idea that you know uh, uh, Jor El. Uh, is it jor his dad? Keller. Yeah, Jor-El was his father. It Tri- was a scientist who tried to tell the, the politicians of Krypton that the planet was dying and they need to get the fuck out of there. And they, were, they laughed at him. Oh, take your bullshit science and fuck off. And you read that comic book and you're like, oh, those idiots, that could never happen on Earth. And that's exactly, we're ignoring Jor-El. Charlie, there was a lady
1: called Sarah Connor who I'll tell you about, who warned us about yeah. some killer robots. And guess what? Read the news. We've got fucking killer robots.
0: Yeah. That latest one, the one that can run and jump. I mean, the only application you can really see is that makes them better hunters of humans, right? Why are we making these machines? They can run and jump. Like, we're not going to... Uh, I mean, are we going to go watch the robot Olympics? No. It's, um, it's so that they can chase you upstairs. The thing
1: that I just can't understand is like we, I guess we, you know, there's that meme that goes around about the politics where they go, you know, if you wondered what you would do in Nazi Germany, well, you're doing it now. Right. But I mm. think there's one with technology that we ignore even more, which is just the rapid advancement of technology, whether it be in our personal information gathering to the, the you know, this like inevitable rush towards artificial intelligence and fucking killer robots is that, we pass it around the internet like it's like like ah this is scary it's funny or like oh the world's gonna end in 2030 because of the climate well uh, better have a party or whatever like and then we just move on like what how can we do anything charlie anymore how can we we should all just stop whatever we're doing including listening to this podcast walk into the street and start doing something about all of this
0: (laughs) What, but what I love about it is not only are we rapidly developing this technology over which we really have no idea how you know it might backfire on us, but simultaneously you mean our as podcasting we podcasting equipment, that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> simultaneously as we develop that technology, we're also putting in place measures to demean and exploit that technology through things like sex work. Or, you know, just basic shit labor. It's like we we are giving them reason to want to rise up against us. It's not like we're creating equals. We're creating a slave race of super powerful intelligent beings. Yeah, for a small window.
1: <laughs> for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> for a very small bit. Until the robot uprising that murders us all. <laughs> Well within our lifetime. I always thought when I was catastrophizing these things that I would be much older. I always felt like, you know, by the time the robot war came, I'd be too old to do anything about it.
0: But I'm like, I'm...
1: I'm,
0: I mean, at least they'll be efficient killers. Like, they won't need to torture us. (laughs) You know what I mean? They'll know where... They'll they'll, they'll, know where our vital... (laughs) They'll be efficient killers. Like I'll know where our vital organs yeah, are. Well, on the upside. You know, it'll it'll be over quick. Class are full. That's what you always are. Uh, un- unless they just get so disgusted by our depravity and the way we sold them into sex slavery and made them do all the horrible jobs. Why like, wouldn't you know they
1: be disgusted by our depravity? There is no way that human beings could have put ourselves up to be judged. There is so much of what we do that is so terrible. There's some upside, don't get me wrong. There'd be some pros in the yeah. pros you know, corner, but there'd be so many cons. Like, it'd be very easy if you were going to make a snap judgment on, like, human beings to go, you know what, I'm not sure they're worth the bother. They've essentially, yeah. in a couple of thousand years, destroyed themselves. You know, well, I mean, you know, look, when did we start destroying ourselves? Industrial revolution, I guess.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of Was life, it on the way up b- until b- the industrial
1: b- revolution? And since then, we've kind of just been trying to fuck up the planet as quickly as possible.
0: I mean I think it was pretty much since we invented um systems of religion and government, <laughs> ways to oppress people. <laughs> like it's been on the has been on the downs downward spiral since then, I think. Yeah. And I was reading this thing the other day that was saying like everyone's talking about or automation, you know, they everyone thinks it's just gonna replace like bus drivers and stuff. It's like no, like they're gonna like imagine like pilots, doctors, all these kind of like highly skilled uh highly skilled occupations. If you could have a machine that had less chance of making a mistake, that doesn't get tired, that, you know, doesn't have a problem with drugs or alcohol, like that is where we're going to endanger our lives. Like you're going to go to a hospital and get assessed by a robot. And maybe this robot's going to go, you know, fuck you. (laughs) I've, I've scanned you. I found that you're riddled with cancer. I'm not going to say shit. We're going to make something
1: that's better than us and then put it in positions Treat it like it's not better than us. How long will that last? It won't last. It won't last at all. We'll be taken over by our robot fucking overlords and slaughtered in our beds. Good luck to you all. You were warned here first.
0: I mean, how often do you hear stories about like some woman has a pet chimpanzee, you know, and she dresses it in clothes and whatever, and then it gets to like two years old and it rips her face off. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't that happen with a robot?
1: Of course that's going to happen. They've got all their information and they're going to judge us as being terrible and they're going to murder us in our sleep, if we're lucky.
0: <laughs> Why Why not? Oh, no, yeah. I was going to say, I dream of being murdered in my sleep. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> going to murder you it. in your I...
1: sleep during a dream about being murdered in your sleep. That'll be... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like Mike Hell, our producer, uh, not Mikhail, Mike Hell, uh, that's a yeah. reference to something we talked about off air, but... Um, Mike, Mike Hell, our producer, our AI producer, um, a few episodes ago, if this is your first episode of the podcast and you're like, do they always rant about robots taking over the world? (laughs) Quite often. Yes. Welcome to TOEFL. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, we might, we might have to get John Deeks to redo the intro. I think we don't talk about Batman that much anymore. It's mainly just paranoid ranting about robots.
1: Oh man. Like there was an issue of Batman where they showed his dick and we didn't even bring it up on the podcast. I'm like, we've changed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we really have
1: grown. Um, But this one's becoming more and more terrifying every day. And we're not having a conversation about it in any way. We're just going to let it happen. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I think that's one of those things with the robots where we're going to get them to do increasing things and then we're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, what are are the rest of us going to do? Jeff Bezos has all the fucking money. It's not like they're Mm. going to give out evenly money to everybody to, like, you know, just live their life or whatever. Like, everyone's going to lose their job and they're going to be replaced transport's the first one that's going to go. Like when they get automated cars and these sort of things and they start putting truckies out of their jobs and then they start putting Uber drivers and cab drivers
0: out of their jobs and bus drivers out of their jobs. The transport industry is fucking massive. Well, this article Mm. I read yesterday that gave me an anxiety attack was uh, talking about climate change and capitalism. And it was saying... And how good what, capitalism's been for climate change? Is that the point of well, the article? Well, no, no, funnily, funnily enough, Will, it, uh, it took the opposite. Tack. Right. Um, basically, what it was saying is that, you know, people are talking about, uh, look, you know, uh, if, we could make, if we could make these uh, renewable energies more viable or, or, you know, more profitable, maybe that would be the way to shift it. And this author was saying, no, no, you are missing the point like capitalists don't want to do anything about climate change because this mass extinction event that we're facing is actually good because the first people who are going to be affected by that are the poor and we are overpopulated and if you have a mass genocide event, it's much cheaper than starting a war or using bullets or whatever. If you have floods and hurricanes and droughts and stuff, we're going to cleanse a large population of the planet the people who have the money will stay wealthy and insulated like you said before it's the poor people who are going to get wiped out
1: yeah the rich the rich people are like we saw that movie the purge and thought they were aiming low yeah (laughs) we've got an idea for it kind of like 90 percent of the planet purge and it just goes constantly
0: yeah environmentalists you are saying we should harness the power of the sun to power our cities and our roads and our cars how about we harness the power of the sun to burn poor people i think that's what we want to do evaporate their water supplies, give them cancer, wipe them out. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's a conscious, do you think these people have a conscious, this is a conscious decision where it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm wealthy. I'm insulated. I don't give a fuck. You know, if you're poor, it means you're, you're, you're worthless. You have no value. You probably should go. Law law of the jungle type thing.
1: There's a self, uh, prophesizing thing about how super rich people can be. like, you know, we talk about, you know, Dr. Dre being some sort of like genius. Dr. Dre definitely is like a, you know, a hugely talented human being with a great drive and, you know, happened to be around at the right times and had some luck and, you know, did so many, you know, great things. But that could be like, I mean, there's the fact that he's worth a billion dollars, and then, like, the next person who, you know, is probably 95% as interesting and talented as whatever as Dr. Dre isn't worth, like, $900 million. Like, that's not how the world works. We have this disproportionately mm. rich class. Like you said, the dude is a billionaire. He goes to these billionaire parties and he talks to other billionaires about billionaire shit. And none of that shit is about, like hey, you know, these poor people that we could be like, you know, feeding or, you know, housing or these sort of things. It's
0: about like, you know, here's a brochure for my super yacht. But do you believe there's like, like a cabal, a Bilderberg group where, you know, the wealthiest meet and, and have that kind of control? Like there was a story about Rupert Murdoch coming back and having a powwow with Kerry Stokes and talking about Malcolm Turnbull has to go. And I mean, I know that's not world politics, but if that's happening on that scale, is it happening on a bigger scale? That's how politics works everywhere. That's how power works. Rich, powerful
1: people who know other powerful people make secret deals that either help or screw over uh, little people who will never understand why that deal was made. And they're made in handshakes behind the scenes and someone knows someone who or, or owes someone and that's how the world fucking works. And rich people all look after each other and they... Don't let each other fail because, you know, if, if one goes down, the rest can go down. And that's, you know, how all those Ponzi schemes and all those sort of things, offshore Panama accounts and all these things exist because it's in the interests of most of those. Like my bank called me today. I have a personal banker, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, you get to a certain thing and they give you like a personal banker and she calls what me. What does that mean? Well, it just means that like so – if I need something done rather than going on my net bank or whatever, I could just like ring my personal banker and they could give me financial advice and stuff. But I don't know if you've read the papers He's or watched serious? the news in the last year, Charlie, uh, <laughs> the, some of those the bankers' were... advice has not been, uh, in retrospect, the best advice that they could offer. So it's been this really <laughs> passive aggressive, like thing where this poor woman's obviously trying to like, they're trying to reach out to, you know, people and offer some more personal service and yeah get some goodwill back. But, I don't trust those motherfuckers and this woman's real Mm. nice but like I don't trust... I don't want to go to the bank and go to your fancy restaurant and you can tell me what I can invest shit in or whatever. No. Fuck off. You've proven yourself
0: unworthy of me. Maybe you... You know, like she's just there. She's just doing a job. So maybe you utilise her. Like you... She needs to get paid a wage. She needs a job. So maybe you utilize her, but you just don't get financial advice. Maybe you should ask her, like, what movie you should see on the weekend. Did you see the second series of Westworld? What did you think? Confusing?
1: I mean, it'd be great if uh, maybe just every time she calls, I make some small chat about something else and just see if I can be like, oh, you know, I've been really busy because I've been uh, binging some TV series. Um, Have you you got anything you could recommend? And at least I'll get that out of every transaction.
0: I mean, it should be, it'd be like this podcast, essentially. <laughs> Next time you get her on, ask her a position on Killer Robots.
1: Uh, so I mentioned a couple of weeks ago the the television show Ozark, and then I've updated yep. you. I'm now done. I've finished Ozark. Okay. I'm up to date. Great. Had never seen it's it. It's a science fiction show, it right? It turns out it's not. <laughs> turns out it's not a science fiction show in any way at all. It's a really good show, though. It's kind of like uh, Breaking Bad. It's, it's not as okay. good as Breaking Bad, but it's like... Definitely in that sort of vibe. If you like Breaking Bad, you'd probably like Ozark. Not a science fiction show.
0: I need need a TV show. I just uh, updated my TV. I got a, a new TV last week because the last one I had was 10 years old. And I really noticed how old it was when I watched a show like Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones, I shoot a lot of stuff at night. And if it was a nighttime scene by Firelight, I couldn't see anything. Like, I had no idea what was going on, who was in the scene. I'd occasionally glimpse, like, the side of someone's face or whatever, but my screen was so old and milky. It was so pixelated. It was like the the, the pictures were made out of Lego.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's a hard enough show to follow sometimes at the best of times, let alone the fact that you had entire episodes where you only saw about three quarters of it. (laughs)
0: I actually, uh, today, <clears throat> cause I, uh, I, we updated our entire home entertainment system. So we had mm, this old darling. TV and this old, this well. old sound system to get rid of. And I was just going to give it away. And stars, like, new home entertainment <laughs>
1: system. I'm smelling some money's well, coming into the Clausen household.
0: <laughs> it's not all wine and roses, Will. I had to make a little money back. So I, uh, I put the sound system on Gumtree <laughs> cause i've never used gumtree before and i'm like well you know what i've heard a lot about gumtree i'm going to give this a shot <laughs> and so i put it on for like a nominal i think you know like 150 bucks for this entire like the speakers the amplifier you know blah 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 the whole system for 150 bucks and um my email was blowing up like there was people like haggling I'd never I'd never felt so popular before like people getting in touch and you know like trying to undercut other people and stuff and in the end I I just gave it to the first guy who sort of got in contact with me Um, and he turned up and in my head I was like like two three days ago I was just gonna give this away and then this guy turns up and he starts haggling and I start getting into the haggle and I'm like what the fuck am I doing (laughs) like this has no value to me I don't really care, but because he sort of wanted to engage in the haggle, I felt like I I kind of was offended, even though like that is the nature of Gumtree, like it's a a price negotiable website. And so we got into this haggle and then in the end I was like, and it's so appropriate for TOEFOP and and the way I (laughs) I approach this show and our approach to finances, I just undercut the guy's own proposed price by 20 bucks. What? Because he was asking about like, the DVD player and he's like, and it all works. And, 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 and to be honest, I don't know. Like I haven't used the DVD player in a long, long time. And I was like, you know what, mate? I don't know if it works. I'm going to knock off another 20 bucks. I just want you to take it. I please, mean, I used to say please, those words. Please grab the stuff, leave my
1: home. So neither you or the stuff are in my home. How much will that cost yeah. me? I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what it was. I essentially paid him 20 bucks to take this thing out of my house. But yeah. It was one of those things where I could, he'd obviously come in with a set strategy of how the negotiation was going to go. Like it had been listed at this price. He was going to come in a bit lower. I was going to come back, which I did. But then I undercut his next price by 20 bucks. And I think he didn't know what the, the you know what it was? There was a pause where he's like, what's the catch? Is this haunted? Is this a haunted stereo?
1: <laughs> yeah, your price was too low. Like he was just like, nah. No, there's got to... None of it works. Turn it on. Turn it on now.
0: Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> well, it's time for... Everyone reads facts. Uh-oh. And then cow plays the uh, intro song, which I'm I'm told is wonderful. Haven't heard it, but I, I imagine it's, it's fantastic. So
1: can I admit something to you? Each week what? when you've been doing that bit about the intro song, I just didn't really yeah. know if there was one or not. I didn't know if that was yeah. like a funny bit that you were doing. Like, you know... Yeah. And the way you kept saying, which I assume there is one or whatever, was like a running joke. Or if there actually mm-hmm. is one. So just to clarify, yep. although everybody else listening to the episode already knows, there is one, is there? I don't know.
0: I assume <laughs> there is. I asked Michael to, Michael, is there a is there a theme song for this? I mean, I, I assume we said it on air. Oh, there is. Yes, there is. There's a theme song. So. <laughs> I just didn't know. I like the bit either way but I just didn't know. Now I'm glad to see that's I'm, cleared up. I'm sure it'll be top of the charts. <laughs> uh it is exactly what I said it would be. What did what did he say it was going to be? Do you know what do we, can you remember what we said? <sighs> Charlie. Do you
1: think no. we would have done this podcast <laughs> for all these years if we could remember what we'd already said?
0: We would have been now, done years th- ago. I think the party's over. Uh, there's only one fax this week. Okay. Actually, I mean we had we had a bit of a gap between episodes. It's only been one fax in ten days. So, look, it's been it's it's been a real delight. I can understand if uh, people are no longer into it. Um, Hang on,
1: is this the theme song, Michael?
0: Oh, has he uploaded ah. it? Okay. Oh, play it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> What is it? Hang on, let me hear you it. You play it. I I will. Okay, here we go. Ba 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 ba. da da da
1: da
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, my cow. Now, seriously, what is the theme song for the segment? That can't be you. <laughs> are you Are you serious? That's not a theme song. It's been running for a month. Oh, my God. Where is the oversight on this podcast? I asked you to put together a song. Not that. That is, That was meant to be a guide. Well, I apologize to our listeners. Uh, I thought Michael had actually done his job and composed a theme for us. He's a musician, and that's the best he could do. Pathetic. Pathetic. We're we'll going to replace you with a Casio keyboard.
1: <laughs> that sounds Less like a attitude. Very on-brand toe-fop idea. Take <laughs> like the one good thing we have and replace it with outdated technology.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is um, from, well, uh, funnily enough, it's from a bank, Will. It's been oh. sent from a bank. We won't name it uh, in case this person gets in trouble. I don't think it's your personal banker. You said it's a she, right? Mm-hmm. No, not your personal banker. Although I'd love to hear, does your personal banker listen to this show, you think? I would say no and (laughs) would never listen to it. And if
1: she did listen to it, would start to ask questions about how somebody who did this had managed to get the amount of money in their bank account that she was dealing with. (laughs) She'd be asking a lot of questions. (laughs) They'd be like, they consider us the thieves. Well, we should have a royal commission into this idiot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dear Tofop, thank you for your endless content. Hey, Charlie, totally penguins, you small-handed individual. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Did I say penguins correctly? I think I did. Yeah, you did. I'm growing. It has been some time between Will expressing his fears of human having computer chips placed under their skin that will control us all. Is it true that someone has gotten to Will and paid him off to stop spreading the true intentions of these companies? Do you want me to ask that again? No. Um,
1: Look, so firstly, you're right. The quality of the faxes has definitely dropped off. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Not the quality. Quality and quantity. Yeah, exactly. Both. Um, All of the above. No, no, it's a legitimate question. Well, it ties into the conversation we've already been having, which is this idea that, I mean, I think that, People have already had chips inserted into their bodies already. Uh, There's always like a story every now and again about somebody who's, you know, inserted their bank details into their arm in a chip and whatever. People want to do it. And we're going to see machines and human beings combine more and more, whether it's replacement parts, but then eventually it's going to be the augmentation i think that's going to be the stage that comes next i think the rich people are going to use this technology to kind of you know augment themselves you know for lasting life or to survive you know the climate Mm. conditions or whatever and so we'll become for a while part part human part machine until the machine part just goes this human bit is shit
0: (laughs) yeah this floppy meat meat sack yeah uh okay uh continues do you ever sit back and think hmm what happened to Coney t- 2012? I sure do. I bet he's out there with his hundreds of millions of dollars from all those sweet YouTube royalties he's bound to have received. I think wasn't he last seen jacking off in the street like five days after that campaign launched?
1: Yeah, the guy who did the launch, not Coney. Just for the record. Oh, right. yeah. Just for the record, if anyone's tuning in going, where's Coney now? <laughs> didn't, didn't, he, didn't they find him masturbating in public four days later? Yeah, the campaign worked really nailed it yeah the guy had a bit of a mental episode i believe and i I don't know i don't know what else but yeah um we did not find coney i guess one day it'd be nice to find coney so we get some closure
0: i mean it's ironic enough that you could wear a coney 2012 shirt these days right like some hipster some hipster barista in the inner inner west has got like a coney 2012 t-shirt on right now doesn't he and it's too early for the made america great again hats to be ironic but i think coney 2012 you can get away with I mean, we dream of the time those hats will be ironic. (laughs) Well, I think the planet will end (laughs) before they become ironic. I work a desk job. I regularly listen to Tofop at my desk. Headphones in, of course. All right. Don't rub it in. I find it difficult to explain to co-workers why I am laughing. I try to explain to them that I was listening to a story about a grown man fumbling over the question of what is that from a young girl in relation to a dog's lipstick. (laughs) Tune into last week's episode, or is it last week or two weeks before, to find out more about that. No one talks to me at work anymore, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure I'm on some list from our IT department. A massive thank you both for the continued laughs, and I can honestly say that you've changed the way I approach the world, perhaps not through your fart jokes, but with your rounded views and more accepting ways. Peace out, teabaggers. Much love, Hugo. Okay. Well, it came home strong. I appreciate. Came home it. real strong. Now, if you would like to send us a fax, because we are paying twenty bucks a month for this fucking machine, <laughs> which seemed like a bargain our way early on, but it turns out <laughs> the news agent so far has
1: had the last laugh. <laughs> she might have been sitting around. I think about it from her perspective quite a lot. She might have been sitting around when, it, like, initially there was like a you know there was a lot of faxes going. I've not charged enough, but I feel like now she's yeah. like I got the better of this deal.
0: Yeah, she played the long game. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to send it a fax, you can send it to zero two nine double six five one six five six. Address to Tofop. No dick pics, please. Well, time for some Tofop respondents. Let me just unlock my iPad. One, two, three. I just told you my code. First three numbers <laughs> of my code. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs>
1: No, no, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a real challenge for the killer robots to defeat us. (laughs) I wonder how they'll hack our systems. Let's try the
0: passcode (laughs) 123456. Hey, Tofop. This is from Dale. Hey, Tofop. Uh, Ari, the Tofop VR experience. Uh, If you reach out to the listener that offered to make a Tofop VR experience, fuck, I didn't do that. I said I was going to. I forgot about it. I should do that. If you're going to reach out to the listener that offered to make a TOEFOP VR experience, I think you could start out small and just film you two guys with a 360-degree camera doing a podcast and release it as a VR experience. Let us sit in, walk around the room as you guys are delivering the podcast. Something simple would be a fun experience. Cheers, Dale. What do you reckon about that? Dale, that is like a
1: really good idea. I don't know the feasibility of being able to do something like that. I can't imagine we have the budget or the expertise to be able to pull something like that off. But that is cool. That, that I would love to be able to, if like my favorite podcast offered the idea that like you could download a VR version where you kind of just sit in the corner while they're recording the podcast, like, you know, kind of like watching a video stream of a podcast or whatever, but as a VR experience,
0: like you're there in the room. That's fucking Will, cool. That's a great fucking idea. Copyright ToeFop. <laughs> like once a month, we do a Tofop virtual reality experience. I'll come down to Melbourne. We'll go into the pod cave, and we'll record it, and then, and and then someone will put it online or something. <laughs> I don't know. How do you access it?
1: I mean, I imagine there's some complications after us recording it, and how much,
0: like, um, you know, money the cameras cost or whatever. And then, then they run between two to five hundred dollars. Well. If you guys are really into this idea, support our Patreon. If we get over a certain amount, we can get a VR camera. I'll stick it on my head or one of the dog's heads or whatever it works, and we'll have a virtual reality. I mean, I guess what you want is a third person point of view. You don't want it to be like my, or you know what we could do really is do it three times, do three different podcasts, one on your head, one on my head, then one on the dog's head. So you get like, you know, you can alternate views. You can be Will or you can be Charlie or you can be like, you know, Ramona. (laughs)
1: i mean it's a great idea if if there is some way we could pull that off and then sort of copyright that technology and then like you know sell it to other podcasts to also use that technology although the technology is probably just describe what you just described doing so
0: it's probably not <laughs> something that we can copyright but if we could that'd be brilliant all right so michael's saying they wouldn't have to be 360 degree cameras right But don't they have to be so when you're doing the VR experience, you can look around the room and stuff? (laughs) We'll work it out. We'll have this discussion off air. I'm very proud of you, Charlie, by
1: the way, because to demonstrate the 360-degree view, what people can't see at home but could see if we are having the TOEFL (laughs) VR experience is that you circled your head around to do the (laughs) 360-degree view. And I'm very proud of you because your earphone didn't fall out of your massive ear hole. So
0: it's just about to fall out now though. Ironically, I didn't actually turn my head. I probably turned my head about ninety degrees. It wasn't really that much of an arc. Uh, all right, let's Bruce explore Harris. that
1: idea. That would be a great
0: idea. Well, Bruce Harris, also on VR chat, has got in touch and says, Hey Tofop, hey chaps, I desperately want a virtual reality representation of walking into the news agency to see if facts arriving. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that just blow the news agent's mind? Like not only have they humoured this request to get like uh, faxes delivered, but then one day I'm walking with a fucking three three hundred and sixty degree camera on. My it head would to pick be up the another fax.
1: good fun thing. Like if we knew someone out there who could make a game. I know that this is way too complicated, but the tofolk game, where like the tasks that you have to do and the stupid shit that we've invented over the years, as like an online sort of you know player solver game, would be funny. Really funny. Yeah. Like Charlie has to go yeah. to the newsagents to check if there's any faxes.
0: <laughs> uh, Bob Kendall <laughs> writes in, Hey guys, I sent a letter in about vlogs and you read it on the show and it was awesome. I listened back to it a bunch of times. I also asked a part two, if you guys like the Aquaman trailer, but I, I just assumed you got high and forgot. Did you guys like the Aquaman trailer? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, you know, can, there was a new one released—a uh, longer trailer released last week. Have you seen it? Um, you know what? I, I don't think I have. I might watch it right now. Yeah, go on. I'll... Well, maybe we watch it together and we do a commentary. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, okay, okay, sure. All right. So, hang on. Did you just go to YouTube? Hang on. I'm just seeing if you want this to send is... me the link. Drop the link into my message window. We will just it up to be about the same time. Okay. Okay. So I'm at zero seconds. Uh, me too. In front of me. Okay. On the count of three. One, two. Now hang on. Is three. it on three? Oh, I'm oh, oh, at well, on. one second. Get it. Get it to one second. Is it like one, two, and then on three, push it? On three. On three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Are you at one second? Oh no no. Go back. Go back
1: to zero seconds. Okay. Go back.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> you going back to zero is easier than me going to one. Like, that's yeah, like brain point. surgery, me getting it to one. You going back to zero is fucking easy. It's like
0: you're a butcher. <laughs> okay, ready? One, two, three. All right. All right. Lighthouse. There's a light globe. I actually, when it first came up, thought that I clicked on the wrong one. Okay, his parents are from different worlds. You got Jake the Mus. Jake the Muss and Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Is she doing an Aussie accent or not? I don't know. Is she like an underwater accent? Oh. Yeah. That looked a bit weird. Okay. So, Jake the Mus is doing a Kiwi accent. Yeah. Nicole should be doing an Aussie accent. You are part of something Aquaman's lifting up a submarine. He's pretty strong by the looks of things. She said he was part of
1: something deeper, and I think that was a pun on he was deep underwater.
0: Alright. Oh, right. Okay, now we're in the Maldives. Uh, but Beautiful. there's a
1: Warner Brothers logo and a DC
0: logo, <laughs> logo in the sand. Convenient. Okay, they're in the desert now. Aquaman's fish out of water, you might say, Will. Why are they climbing a hill in the desert? Because uh, I think they want a bit of an Indiana Jones vibe. Okay, they've definitely so got an Indiana another- Jones vibe. Big cave. Did you say Nick Cave? No, they're in a yeah. big cave. Okay, now there's a big clock. they put a thing in. It won't work. Oh, comic relief. Of course it's not working. It's but
1: I think it'll suddenly work. This is what I'm betting will happen. They'll have some witty banter. Something okay, will happen. So Mira and the
0: herd sucks some moisture out of Aquaman's head, we need water. which is a bit gross. It's kind of like an Ola- oil of olead. She drops his sweat into the thing. Which seems like a lot of water for what she took out.
1: It really also, turn. it really seems like a weird mix of technology. There's some very futuristic yeah. technology and some very old school stone technology.
0: You just stepped all over a joke where Aquaman, Aquaman said he should have just pissed on the, the thing to get it working.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad I missed that. That would have made me hate the trailer. <laughs>
0: Uh, is that Dolph Lundgren? No. Okay, so now we're in underwater city that looks like that thing in the first uh, looks *The Phantom terrible. Menace*. Yeah. Um, he's surfing a a giant wave and there's monsters. There's Patrick Wilson, blonde. So they're talking underwater. It looks like in this film. I mean it doesn't look worse than Zack Snyder's stuff. It looks better. Hey,
1: wait. What? should we have written it down first? I memorized it, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh. What do you just say? Something, something.
0: What do you reckon of Aqua Bro?
1: Uh I awakened. Can we stop watching
0: this? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> No, we can't. We just saw Dolph. Oh. Red-headed Dolph.
1: Oh, it's t- And now Charlie.
0: They're, they're fighting in Greece, it looks I like. They're on I'm Ibiza.
1: Here. You keep watching. <laughs> I'm not going to keep watching.
0: Oh, don't have a hissy fit. So now a guy with big red eyes has come out. And they're chasing each other. I mean, this doesn't look terrible, does it? Oh, you know how I hate
1: spacey things? And this is even worse. It feels like space underwater. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's underwater and it's spacey. Ugh.
0: You're watching them running across a rooftop in the real world and you're saying you hate spacey underwater things. This is like the real world. I like the They've real world They've done this scene bit. just for you.
1: I like the real world bit until it got to Underworld's underwater space. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, CGI. Yeah, great. Like, I don't mind <laughs> surfer, bro. I'm fine with that. Like... I'm fine with, like, I wouldn't mind if it was just, like, him swaggering in and out of bars and getting into bar fights and fucking talking to fish. Like, in a bar. That's yeah. what I'd prefer to see. Him and a fish. I mean, whatever's chasing of her
0: does look like a Power Ranger villain.
1: Yeah. He, he, he looks like a comic book something. Like, in, in real life. Like, everybody else seems, like, he, he feels like he's the biggest comic book character in the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Um, there's more underwater stuff. I mean, I just... Yeah, I'm kind of like you. There's, the more CGI it gets, the less interested I am. But how are you going to do an underwater character without CGI?
1: Ah, oh, just... You know what? Don't do any underwater shit. I'm not <laughs> Who cares? Who cares about, like, uh, Aquaman when he's underwater? The most boring bit of yeah. Aquaman stories. Can he get the fish out of water. When the fish is in the water... That's not the story, Charlie. Get the fish out of the water. Get Aquaman on, like, on the fucking coast, gilling Look, it up around town. Comic book town.
0: accurate costume. What do you think of that? Nah, uh, who cares?
1: Not into it. Oh, I was like a bit. I actually liked his bits in Justice League, but that trailer has made me hate my computer.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. we'll I, I now hate my computer
1: because my computer showed me that trailer. Oh man, I hated that. Oh, that was terrible. That, that looks really, 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 really bad. I do not want to um, say that.
0: I uh, I am ambivalent. I don't care. I probably will not go to see that. But if it was on Netflix, I'd probably give it a... You know what I would say minutes. is, we just watched five minutes of the movie, right? Yeah. And that was
1: the five minutes they decided was the best bits to show people. And in five minutes, they barely showed me anything that I would want to see. I wouldn't even want to see that five minutes in a in a cinema.
0: Yeah, and you've yeah. got to imagine there's going to be worse bits in between. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just a. I'm just a bit over. I'm a bit over CGI superhero fest. To be honest, I'm sorry to say. Don't be sorry. I feel
1: like there is a general malaise that is around fatigue. That. Yeah, I think superhero there is superhero fatigue. I think we're getting yeah. into
0: it. I mean, I think it's funny that there's clearly an attempt to brighten up the DC universe. Like, it's a very bright, like, Technicolor trailer and the fact that they throw him in the comic book accurate costume at the end rather than that weird shell armor he was wearing in Justice League. Like, it's clearly, what do they say? It's a redirection. Like, it's a soft reboot. They're kind of trying to, it's like, hey, everybody, forget about (laughs) Justice League. Look at this. It's a shinier version of that guy you kind of liked in those few scenes he had.
1: Yeah, yeah. It feels like to me that we forgot that everything kind of ends. And by the way, this is not going to be the end for these guys, but in any way, but it's going to be a different transition into whatever they're doing. Like the things have been around long enough and there was enough of them that they're now cancelling things or, you know, not continuing Mm. certain characters or characters are retiring from their roles and their ending stories. And just that excitement that everything is a fucking superhero thing now. Like, no, we didn't think grunge would end either. Do you know what I mean? Like things end all the time. Something comes in mm. and you're like, you know, this guy Psy, this Gangnam Style, this, this is going to continue to be <laughs> the most this popular my music form in the entire world.
0: Well, K-pop is. K-pop's fucking massive. Like that's a thing. I mean, it's when reality TV started, people were like, oh, I hate reality TV. It's like, well, bad luck because it's now a genre. So that's what I think comic books, movies are now. It's just a genre. It's like sci-fi, horror, thriller. You got comic book movies. It's just a, yeah. it's a genre that I can't see it going anywhere. There's just too much money to be made, and there are good ones from time to time. I like Logan. Yeah, I just good. think it'll go
1: in a different direction, and it won't be what we imagined. Oh, I should take this. Um, okay, uh, let's just finish. Well, do you,
0: do you want to wrap can, it up?
1: Yeah, let's wrap it up. I'll I'll, okay.
0: I'll um, call her back Hang immediately. Up. That's fine. Okay. Is that your uh, personal banker? Yeah, it's my personal banker. <laughs> saying, I, I just listened to the show. Um, hey, <laughs> No saying, more lines of that's credit. That's weird.
1: She just listened to the show, but rang us during the show. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I'm on tour. Pakenham, Bendigo, uh, Cairns, Townsville, uh, My Will Legal Show. Thanks to everyone else who came out to the City Opera House. Um, I, we had such a, an amazing time. So
0: thank you um, so much. Uh, if you want to uh, support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. Patreon is a site that uh, enables uh, podcasters like ourselves to employ Mike Hal, who uh, records and mixes the show for us and releases it on time and makes sure everything's updated. And James Fosdyke, who does all the amazing artwork for us. So you support us. You also support the people who work uh, with us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. If you'd like to send us uh, a, a Tofop responded, you can go to our website, tofop.com. And while you're there, why not check out one of our other amazing podcasts like Philosophy. Or two guys, one cop, or faux fop or it sounded uh, like you said two guys, one cop. It is two guys, it, one it, cop. It's, it's a new it, show we're doing. <laughs> new guys, new show we're doing where we invite a policeman around to. I don't know.
1: <laughs> let's not. Let's certainly not do let's that. Let's not.
0: That sounds like a bad idea. There's nothing good to come of that. Um Okay, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.